Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. My name is Ryan Cabrera. I'm your co-host, and I am here in the beautiful Studio B. That is Studio B. With Pastor Nick Plummer. We like Studio B. We do. We're sticking with Studio B. Say hi to the people, you know. Because of the weather. Hello. (laughs) Shalom. Shalom. That's right. Let's scoot up here. Yep, yep. So, uh, as always, guys, we appreciate you watching and listening. Uh, I got to say, it's a humbling experience to be able to continue to do this week in and week out that God has permitted us to do this. It's exciting. Um, and so the way we continue doing this is with your participation, with you guys watching. Uh, we appreciate that. But if you could do us the one extra Feedback. favor. Share, like, subscribe. You can send me an email at ryan at twopraise.net. Um, hey, listen, we've even gotten chocolate from Norway. Which I'm still enjoying, by the way. You know, I've been having like a little bit. For my family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you hide stuff at the church, it's easier than at the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like me with the office. I can hide stuff at the office, you know, and they don't even never know it's there. Yeah. So um, we got Freedom Weekend coming up uh, on January 30th and 31st. January 30th is our normal Shabbat service on a Saturday where uh, the folks from LL Ministry will be here for a healing service. And then we're going to have an all-day event on Sunday. Um, you can check out our website at twopraise.net to get the details. If you're able to be here, I would encourage you to be here. Um, you know, Everybody's got some stuff going on. Everybody's got some stuff they need to deal with, and it would be a great idea to show up and you know deal with whatever God wants you to deal with. Amen? So that's Freedom Weekend. And then, uh, listen, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on with the election. There's been a lot of stuff going on with politics in the United States. The whole world is waiting for what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesday, January 20th. It's the inauguration. And, you know, I was going through my Bible and I was looking for some encouragement. Do you ever go to the Bible for encouragement? Every day. Every day, right? And so I found some stuff here and I saw this because I think that many of us, including myself, get caught up in politics and things like that and what's going on with things. And and I think that there's definitely a place for paying attention and, and being involved and participating in politics. But I think that we have to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. And so I found some verses in Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 6. And it says here, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Amen? So, I mean, this even goes on, you know, to in 56 verse 2, it says, Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of the, of the man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing evil. And so I just believe that right now is a time for righteousness, and for justice, and for all of these things. But remember this, God's ways are higher than our ways. And it says here, he's talking about let the wicked forsake his way, right? I'm talking about God's way, because remember, it's Yahweh or the highway in our view, right? But let the wicked forsake the way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, because guess what happens? The ultimate end to that is that there's consequences. Right. And then what do they do? They return to God. And so sometimes the pendulum has to swing far enough in the other direction, right? For us to 
focus and return to God. And I see a great awakening. While we see the one side or the other side, whichever side you're picking, right? A contrast, a real contrast, light and darkness. Exactly. And so while we see one side is dark, the other side is getting brighter. Amen. This is true. And so, and with all the fake news and miscommunication, the Torah lays it out for us. Boy, doesn't it? What a truth. It is. And it's a contrast. What Amen. a template. And it is a contrast. All right. So we are studying the Torah portion, mm. Bo, which means come, it means go, and it also means enter. So depending on you know the context of the word Bo, it's like read red and red, you know? The word bow means come, go, or enter. And so the Torah portion is found in the book of Exodus, starting in chapter 10 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 13 and verse 16. Interesting. And just just to remind everyone real quickly here, uh, the book of Exodus is about redemption. Yes. Uh, It's 40 chapters in length, and chapters 1 through, I do believe, uh, 18 is about deliverance. 19 through 40 is about worship. So it's from groan to glory. Glory. We get some new glory here. And so once again, uh, we've discovered that uh, Moses confronts Pharaoh. He's building up his, uh, of course, he builds up his, uh, I want to say his confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, with Aaron. And so then we have seven plagues in the last Torah portion. This particular portion, we're only going to have three plagues. So let's look at the eighth plague. And what was the eighth plague, Ryan? Locusts. Locusts. Okay, so here we have the locusts. You know, it's been documented, public records, you can check this out, that locusts have been so bad at times, even in America at times, some, sometime in the Midwest, uh, that it was documented that locusts swarmed into this farm and uh, ate up all the crops and even the trampoline, the fibers on the trampoline, all the way down to the steel. Can yeah. you imagine that? Oh, and, and you know what? It was interesting. Um, they I, ate a was it last year, the year before, during this tour portion, yeah. there was locusts you all can, over you Mecca? You can see that, yeah. You can yeah. see actually where the swarms came down into North Africa. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, instability in North Africa, even in Ethiopia right now. You need to be praying for the Christians in Africa. But once again, you know, um, we have locusts. And so um, Pharaoh's servants told him to let the men go of Israel to serve their God because Egypt was destroyed. Yep. And uh, Pharaoh agreed to let the men go, but Moses said that all must go, even their flocks and herds. So let's keep that in context here. So think about uh, this, right? So you've here. got you've had water turned to blood, you've had frogs, you've had lice, you've had flies, you've had cattle disease, boils, and hail. So we've destroyed the livestock. We've really aggravated the people, right? So we've affected their health, and now we've we've basically taken out their. Um, their crops with hail, and whatever was left has now been devoured by locusts. So the people, I mean, how are they even going to live at this point, you know, without any provision? Very interesting. What, what an incredible um, judgment. Yeah. You know, it says that, uh, and, and, and I know it's right here in the last week's Torah portion, it says right here uh, that the Lord was going to bring the children of Israel out by great judgments. Oh, yeah. You know, I think COVID-19 is a judgment on the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. Now, we know that there's going to be judgment and there's going to be revival in the earth. Oh, yeah. And we're not appointed to God's wrath. But I do believe that this COVID-19 thing is to draw us out, the children of God, out and to make us aware of what's happening, what's going on. Uh, So with that, you know, um, you know, Pharaoh agrees to let Moses go, but he's going to have some stipulations here. He says, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old and with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds, will we go? For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones. Look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So he's trying to break up the family and do all these things. Right. So in this context, <laughs> what was he saying as far as who could go? So he's saying the men could go, but you have to leave basically the little ones and your wives behind. Oh, men's meeting. Right. Wow. Which would mean they'd have to come back. So Pharaoh's worry is that he's going to lose his whole interesting. slave labor you force. Know, is, is it interesting the very thing we hold on to so dearly we lose? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, and, because we don't treat and, it right. And then God says, well, why don't you just let that go? Because you don't want to keep that. Yeah. You just keep something. And then he's like, no, let that go. And then when you let it go, he gives you something better. Right. Why was it carrying that, you know? It's so, funny how hindsight is always twenty. It's interesting. So as we move on into Exodus chapter 10, uh, what was the ninth plague? It was darkness for three days. Darkness that was like 
palpable darkness that you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. It's like camping at Lithia with no lights. <laughs> Boy, yeah. I remember those days. I mean, it was it's dark. Oh, yeah, you go out there to the campsite. You're in the country thing. a little oh, bit, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. So darkness for three days. So here we are. It's the ninth plague. Uh, what did the children of Israel have in their dwellings? Um, they had, well, so there was darkness throughout the land, but the Israelites, they had light. You know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned, Ryan. I mean, the bottom line is that the first three plagues, everyone was affected. Right. Okay, the Nile was turned to blood. Fresh water was turned to blood. They had to dig next to, you know, the wells to get some water uh, in, in order for that to, to, you know, was contaminated. But then, of course, you had the frogs. Frogs, right? It's frog legs for everyone. All you can eat. And the Ooh. Jews don't eat frog legs. <laughs> yeah, uh, but of course. But of course. And then, of course, the, the third thing was the, the lice. And, of course, you know, Pharaoh's magicians could not produce that. He says, this is the finger of God. Right. Whoever God that is of those Israelites, he's good. He's the We God. can't do that. Yeah. But we can do these other things. You know, an occultic or occult means hidden, concealed. Uh, but then again, once Moses steps up to the plate and the flies come, he challenges them. Because Beelzebub is Lord of the Flies. Right. So uh, the, the average lifespan of a fly I was sharing is 30 days, a house fly. So when they came to Jesus and accused him of having demons and devils, they accused him of Beelzebub. That, that's the demon of the Lord of the Flies. Right. You know, I know it's a book. But anyway, um, the thing is, you know, they're, they're accusing him of demons and devils. And he says, well, if I'm casting them out, then, then this, it can't be demons and devils because they're not going to do that to themselves. Right. You know, uh, and so he goes into that uh, clearly. And, of course, he, he proclaims uh, some other things as well. But once again, here's Moses, the man of God, appointed, and he's got his rod, and he calls down the flies. He comes against, uh, uh, isn't there a God for that? What God is, is over the flies? Um, the God over the flies is Uatkhet, uh, which is the fly god of Egypt. And so, Yeah, in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and at that point, that's when God makes the distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Right, the there's Hebrews. a division, right. which is what is happening today. Right. Those that are fearful and those that are encouraging those that are fearful. Two kinds of people. And, th you know, I said that a long time ago, Ryan. You know I said that a long oh, time ago. Oh, and I ago. agree with it. The, the whole thing about prophecy is what are people doing in the last days? Right. What are people doing in the last days? Why is that important? Because we are not a fearful people. Perfect love casts out fear. So when people don't know how to love or they're not loving or they don't know the God of love, they're going to be fearful. Yeah. And they're going to act accordingly, you know. So once again, before Yeshua died on the cross, there was three hours of darkness. Matthew 27, 45. Why don't you read that, Ryan? Matthew. Now, now here we have, of course, uh, locusts, darkness. Matthew. And, and, of course, we're going to see the, the last and final plague as 27, well. 45. And it says here, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried aloud with a voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthini. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So that would be from 12 to 3, would it not? Right. They say at 3 o'clock was when he died. And that's when the darkness came, came which would be land. a little bit early noon yeah to three three hours of darkness right so very interesting so once again uh before we have the death of the firstborn we have darkness yep so is yeshua the firstborn see how there's a oh i would say here? so yeah there's a parallel here that's right and so uh this is what happens in exodus chapter 10 verses 28 and 29 and pharaoh said unto him get thee from me Take heed to thyself, see my face no more, for in that day thou shalt seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well, I will see thy face again no more. I will not see your face again no more. So we're going to jump right into uh, Exodus chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. We're going to go ahead and read that. We've got time. Yep. We're making good time today. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh, and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ear of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor, and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver 
and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. So the principle of the firstborn, right? That's right. Wow. So here we go. This is the last and final plague. And of course, Yeshua passed away, died as a firstborn after right. the darkness. That's right. There's some parallels there. And of course, uh, the children of Israel were told to borrow from their neighbors jewels of silver and gold. And the Lord gave them favor, and Moses was very great in the land. You know, you know. before we read verse 10, I think uh, verse 7 is a, an interesting stopping point because, you know, up to this point, God has made a distinction from right, the fourth plague all the way up to now. And we're going to go through the instructions for the Passover and all that here in, in chapter 12. But uh, an encouraging word, I think, is important. I've, a lot of people have a different ideas about eschatology, um, you know, the timing of eschatology and the events of eschatology and all that. But I think chapter 11, verse 7, really gives a great understanding of, again, it's not important what happens. It impart, it, it, what's important is whose team are you on. Amen? And it says here, it says uh, in verses 6 and 7, it says, And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But... Against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. So all of the Israelites were not affected, not single one, by the plague of the death of the firstborn. Right. Well, they followed the instructions. Well, it, I was about to say, <laughs> the trick is to follow God's instructions. It's just Amen. like, you know, Abrahamic covenants unconditional but he did had to he did have to do some things right well yeah i agree you know, with that yeah so you have to just be obedient right what well, you know I the mean, covenant the was thing. created because right. he was obedient right so the covenant doesn't exist without a, a abraham's obedience so here here's where it gets to be very interesting ryan and it even really startled me to last night when i was sharing about this pharaoh would not let the people go no now now I'm sure they wanted to get out of slavery and bondage and all that other stuff and have something better, which yeah. is why Moses was sent the deliverer. So check this out. So 10 plagues had to come in order for Pharaoh to finally humble himself and give in to, to let them go. And I'm just setting this up because we're going to talk about this. Well, right. If you don't, if you don't humble yourself, you will be you humbled. Will be humbled. Yeah. So the thing is, what got me was this. Let's look at the modern times in which we live. Today's times. The yeah. Present. Right. And so here it is. What is personally holding you back from all the promises that God has for you? Now, it was brought up by Audrey, timing, mm -hmm. waiting on God. But in the meantime, shouldn't we really be pursuing all these promises that are the coolest things? Oh, absolutely. Talking about them, believing in them. Like when we say Beit Tehillah Israel, shouldn't we just be talking about it? Wouldn't that be so cool to live in the land and have a Beit Tehillah Israel mm -hmm. that we can worship and pray and read our Bibles? I mean, so so there's that's a promise. It's a divine assurance of good. It's the Greek word epigelia. So God has a divine assurance of good for us. So why get bogged down in politics? Or why get bogged down in the culture, yeah, when we should be going after the promises, right? And that's not to say that things don't have a place, but I think that it's just like stuff. It's not that God doesn't want you to have stuff. God just doesn't want stuff to have you. You know, right? I mean, I, I'm a mover and a shaker. You know, I've been diagnosed through counseling that I that I have drivenness and oh, yeah. performance problems. Oh yeah, and I I get it. I understand it. You know, getting the job done can be you know misinterpreted, misrepresented. Mm -hmm. But I will say this though, you know, we we got to show our life. That we did something. Yeah. You know, it's a verb. And, and let me just say this in closing, because yeah. here's the thing. I believe the only thing holding us back is ourselves. Oh, absolutely. So I want to just ask you a question. Yeah. If you're not praying and worshiping and in the word with your heart lined up with it, and you're really excited about it and you're doing it faithfully, who's who's responsible for that failure? Would you say your wife or kids? No, I would what be. What about champion payments? No. Your, your personal business? Yeah, no. Customers? 
Mm. What about Beit Tehillah? Can you blame Beit Tehillah for you not praying? It's Beit Tehillah's fault. Yeah. Let's go even better. It's the pastor's fault. <laughs> he doesn't drive us it's enough. You. He's just too nice. Yeah. So isn't that a good question? It though? is. It is. And listen, I have to ask myself. I agree with a hundred percent that you have to take ownership of your. There's state. no blame game. There is none. It's like this. Because the things that I wrote down, what personally holding you back, and I, I would say that obedience can hold us back. Um, secret sins can hold or us back. disobedience. Right? I could tell you that... Lack of obedience. The gates of heaven and the blessings of God poured out on me when I started looking at my life from a, the perspective of Torah and making the decisions that were necessary to line up my life with those things that I could you can't just espouse principles and not keep them you can't be a hypocrite knowingly be a hypocrite and expect that God's going to continue to bless it just doesn't work that way obedience brings the blessing that's true and I know that that's a hard word because I know that out there people want to want to talk about well it's not what you do it's what God has already done for you and look I believe all of those things especially when it comes to the spirit world, right? Right. But God has given us pragmatic common sense, and so we know that if we touch a hot stove, our hand is going to get burned, right? So there's things not to do that God says, don't do these things. And there's things that we should do that are keys that unlock certain doors for us. And I think that just being obedient and doing things God's way goes a long way. Hey, we're about to go through the instructions for the Passover, and they're weird instructions, especially today. We don't kill animals on a regular basis ourselves at this point. No. So for them to have to, you know, take blood didn't and didn't like, they worship livestock? The Egyptians, and, I mean, like the golden calf. Well, and spread blood like on their door. Weird, right? These are weird instructions. But God said, "Do it." Yeah, and and obviously well, the blessing. But, but is I intrinsic. don't think it's that weird because you, you're looking at a people and you're looking at a template or or purpose and principles that go back to sacrifices of Cain and Abel. No, I, well, I'm not. Yeah, I agree. But I, it's not like some bizarre thing. You know, I'm sure that's part of the storyline that comes down the line. Hey, Adam and Eve, you know, cover themselves with fig leaves. But what had to happen? The right. coats of skins. Right. right so right, right. go back to the principle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. So let's, I get jump, it. let's jump into Passover. Right. I, I, you made a good point. Um, so let's look at these Passover bullet points. So it's the beginning of months. It's the 10th day of the month. You take a lamb for every house. So you bring a lamb in on the 10th day because mm-hmm. you're going to slay it on the 14th day in the evening mm-hmm. at twilight or whatever. And so what happens is you get to see this little lamb and make sure that it's good. Uh, it's a male lamb without blemish of the first year. Keep it until the 14th day and kill it in the evening. Uh, you strike the blood on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses. Uh, so once again, we're having the beginning of the feast cycle here. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the feast, which is Pesach in the spring. So we really do have a lot to look forward to this spring of redemption. Hopefully God redeeming us and our land, this nation. We need redemption. We need to cry out. So um, any thoughts on the uh, the Passover, on those bullet points, Ryan? Um, I, I, th- I think it's cool that you know in the last Torah portion we were referring to the crops that were in season at the point that the hail came. And so we know that we're approaching the spring. Yeah, we don't know the time lapse. Right, and then God tells us that this is coming is the beginning of months. Right. And so we know that the month of Passover is the biblical first New month Year. on God's a know, biblical, biblical calendar, Year. right? Biblical so New Year. when we have a spiritual calendar, it begins in the month of Passover, right. um, which is cool. So God is establishing the feast cycle and the calendar right. that and goes along start, with and, it. And it's lunar. The Hebrew calendar is lunar. It's lunar and solar, right? It has a, an adjustment or whatever. So what three ingredients were needed to celebrate the Feast of Passover? This is the law first mentioned. What three ingredients were needed? Ooh, I like this because I, I like all three, really. So we have lamb, matzah, unleavened bread. Unleavened right? bread. And bitter herbs. So think about this. Here are the three ingredients. It's divine of the Lord. We know that it's grown to the Seder plate and all these other things. Oh, yeah. But let's just look at it, okay? Well, you need a lamb. Well, we got that because Yeshua is our lamb. But we have unleavened bread because Yeshua is our unleavened bread. Hallelujah. And, and it means without sin. Right. That's the unleavened bread was actually offered up as, as, as the uh, meal offering. Mm-hmm. There could be no leaven, no honey. Mm-hmm. Right. No chametz. No chametz. Get the chametz. So, out. so, and then of course the bitter herbs represents what? Sin. 
Well, the sin, and it also represents the bondage, the bondage the and the that they oppression. So you're a slave to sin. Whatever has mastered you, right? Well, it's a remembering what God has brought you out of. So whatever that might have been. You know, it's interesting because if, God if saved I, you if, from if, it. if I had to relate to this particular statement, you're a slave to whatever has mastered you. Oof. So let me tell you a quick testimony. Let's hear it. I used to chew tobacco. So I like Skull Wintergreen. Which is so funny. Long cut. <laughs> yeah. Spin in the cup. Okay. And and that's I did. I chewed tobacco. Yeah. So I long even have cut a receding is not... gum on one of my my tooth here has a receding gum. And and, and I, I of course I got delivered of Praise chewing tobacco. God. But here's the thing though, Ryan, and I tell you this is a testimony. Yeah. The reason why I know the Bible is true is I didn't really know the Bible. So like when God would speak to me through the Holy Spirit, he was telling me, You're a slave to whatever has mastered you. Ooh. That he spoke that to me. Yeah. So I, I got rid of I dumped it in the toilet, flushed it, and started like this deliverance. I was literally like on the floor. I was about to say. Just like in convulsions. Convulsing, yeah. Like, uh, like withdrawals. It just, it, it had begun. And, and, you know, people don't believe that when it comes to drugs, tobacco, alcohol. Yeah. But you can have some vicious withdrawal symptoms. Oh, yeah. And just, and it was, I, listen, I cry and sob so hard, Ryan, my back hurt for three days. Yikes. I never touched chewing tobacco again. I mean, you wouldn't want to go back to that, But right? here's the cool story, though, why I love the Bible so much. As a young Christian, as a young son of God, you know, one of his sons, the Holy Spirit would speak to me, and I had a concordance. So after I got delivered, I, I looked up, you're a slave to whatever has mastered you. I looked it up in the concordance. I used the word slave and master, and then I found it. Yeah. Just like there's another one. He says, you know, I cried out. I said, God, you know, why did you show me mercy? Why did you save me? Because he'll you, show mercy to who he shall show he'll mercy. He'll show mercy to whom he wants to show mercy to. And, of course, that's found in Romans. Yeah. And, and Moses was told that. So I found that, mm-hmm. and I would look it up. Don't be weary and well-doing, he told me one time driving Ooh. down the road. Don't be weary and well-doing. Keep doing good. And I'm like, don't be weary. So I went home and looked up weary, and there it was. Boom. So I can't encourage all of you enough that the word is true and good. With everything that's being said, everything that's being done— God's word is true, and every man is alive. You know so what's cool? What's cool up. about what happened to you, though, is that you, through that process, God was giving you an exercise and hearing His voice, and then getting confirmation through His word. And I was innocent. I was like a clean right. slate. But that's a process that everybody needs to go through to realize: Is this God giving me this revelation? Because if I can confirm it in His word, right. then I can check the box. That's right. from God. If you can't confirm it in His word, scratch it out. Right, because right. sometimes the enemy will try to get at you and tell you things about yourself and, and yeah. things. That's not God. You know, if 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 you're listening to this or watching this, I want to encourage you that there are stages to deliverance and drawing closer to God and getting His instructions. And one of the things I have to say to, to all of you listening or watching: quit listening to the voices. You got to shut them out. God's never going to tell you you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. He, he'll never do that. He'll always encourage you. And so the enemy hasn't talked to me in a long time. He doesn't want to talk to me because I don't listen to him. Yeah. He may give you specific instructions like, Nick, you need to stop chewing tobacco. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm saying that as far as the enemy goes. Right. He but he's not going to say, he, he you can't, suck. He can't you know? speak to me or talk to me because I don't right. listen to him. Amen. My sheep hear my voice and they obey. I wouldn't do that to my children. Can you imagine pulling your small child? You're nothing. you no good for You're You're terrible. Ugh. Really, sometimes we might criticize them or scold them, but I'm telling you right now, no no good parent is going to want to rationally do that. No, for so sure. So I want to encourage all of you, quit listening to those voices and go to the next level. Amen. So once again, we have those three main ingredients. It's so important. And remember when Yeshua you know, dipped the bread into the sop, they say that that was the bitter herbs that he gave Judas. And then he betrayed him. So it's sin. Yeah. The bitter herbs represent sin. And so um, let's continue on here. Um so I know we're going to go read... ahead and uh, let's let's go ahead and take number eight, Ryan. You feel, you come on in here and yep, so, so I can drink some coffee. Go ahead. So number eight star- is actually uh, Exodus chapter twelve, verse twelve. But I want to read chapter eleven and twelve. It says, "And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Your staff in your hand. Hey, is that a staff? There's a staff right over there's here. There's a staff See back that? here. Yeah." Uh. It's Nick's rod. Nick's staff. <laughs> Nick's staff. Aaron's rod. I got staff. There's I got a secretary. I got <laughs> staff. Media director. I got great staff. So, and then chapter 12, verse 12 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I 
am the Lord. Now listen, wow. I've been I've been going through this list of the gods of Egypt, right? And here it is. God specifically is telling us. And if you would like a copy of this, oh yeah, you can email, email me. Ryan at twopraise.net and he'll send it to yes, you. Yes, Ryan at twopraise.net. I will send it to you. Um, but as I mentioned to you, right, it says here, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I would say that he has successfully executed judgment over the gods of Egypt. And I think that if you're smart, you would agree. And so the blood shall be for a token. We go on. And it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt in Exodus 12, 13. Pesach, Passover. Right. And so the whole means idea to hop. here. Did you know that? Isn't that funny? It does. It yeah. means to yeah. hop. Hoppity, hop. So we don't celebrate Easter. Yeah. We celebrate Passover. <laughs> but I know. I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> Let's just hop to it, Ryan. That's, you know, God has a sense of humor. He does. He does. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. There's hop. There's hopping in Passover. God Lord hopped over. Us. Bunny rabbits have nothing to do with redemption. No, no, they don't. But and you know, like a rabbit's foot. That's not lucky for the rabbit. Oh, I got my rabbit's foot for luck. The poor rabbit's hobbling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure See the rabbit we didn't are? make it. That's not right. Yeah. That's not right. No, it's not. So so check it out. Um, the, the plague is not going to be upon the Israelites. Why? Because they were obedient to God's instructions. He says when he sees the blood over the doorpost. Simple. Right? And so what can we... What can we say? The blood of Yeshua is over the doorpost of our hearts, right? We've let right. him in. Right. We've opened the door, and we've said, Jesus, come in. And he's the door. He's the light. He's all of that. Wow. And so his blood has covered us. And so now our sins are washed away, and we are white as snow. So now the death angel, right, the one that would cause the worst thing that could possibly happen to us is not going to happen. So we just go ahead and, whew. Why don't you go ahead and read this last bullet point, Exodus twelve thirteen, Ryan. Uh, I did. I did. The read plague it, it shall again. not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. All right. So I want to I share this with you. Here, here it goes. He says that uh, I'll smite the land of Egypt. The plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. See, God hasn't allowed COVID-19 to destroy his children. Amen. Some children are taken. Yeah. But he's not, he's not done that. So it says right here in Haggai... Chapter 2, verse 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. So that's a prophecy of the future. Yep. You know, we, we got we to gotta pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but that's where God's name is. But there's going to be a lot of activity going on here in the next... I think few years mm -hmm. and we need to pay attention. So I just wanted to bring that mm -hmm. to mind that this COVID-19 has affected the entire world. Yep. So we're going to move into a spiritual law. Um, we just want to give you kind of one verse out of Leviticus chapter 17, 11, but is also found in Hebrews 9, 22 and in Hebrews 13, 12. And it's this, it says for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. And so this is an important uh, spiritual idea, a spiritual concept, because why is Yeshua's sacrifice on the cross so important to us? Because it is his blood that has now been the perfect sacrifice once and for all to cover we are, we and are make atonement. We are talking about spiritual laws sins. and principles. So, so, Ryan, let me ask you a question. And so what, what, what book is this verse found in? Hebrews? Leviticus. <laughs> We're going to get to Hebrews. Leviticus! So here's the cool thing, everyone, so you understand something. Leviticus is like the meat in the sandwich. If I ordered a double cheeseburger, and I go through the line, and I get there, and there's no meat, I'd be very disappointed. And, well, Pastor, what are you saying? Well, if you look at Leviticus, it's the very heart, the center of Torah. Yes. It, it, it's, it's just paramount. It's key. Because Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus... Numbers and Deuteronomy to the left and the right, like, like the bookends here. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because chapters 1 through 17 in Leviticus is the way to God. Yes. I remember there's an Earth, Wind, and Fire album that you would open up, and it was like all these ways to God or something. I remember that as a kid or something. I don't huh. know. I saw it or something. And listen, Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. No one can come to the Father except through him. So I want to make that very clear. But chapters 18 to 27 is the, the walk with God. 
And of course, chapter 18 talks about sins done in secret. So we're right. saying, Pastor Nick, if I could give you any, any, any alert or announcement, deal with your secret sins. They're not secret. He sees them. You know what they are. Confess your sins. He's faithful to forgive you. And I want to bring that out. And in Hebrews 9.22, this principle is found, of course, in the New Testament. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Now, 13.12 in Hebrews. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Okay? So that's, that's like, important. That's like the, uh, the red heifer. Right. Because the red heifer is sacrificed outside the camp right. and then burned outside the camp and the ashes are brought in. Right. So, so as, we, as, we, as we move along here, uh, what did John the Baptist say in reference to Yeshua? He said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So see, in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith movement, everyone, we have to know that Yeshua is the root. That this is personal, this is about a real person, and we need to know him. You yeah. know? Uh, you know, after Judas betrayed him and they went into the garden, and everything, Jesus really opened up to his disciples and loved on them, and he gave them more intimate things to say and do. Yeah. He really opened up to them. He was very intimate. He said, love one another, you know, as I and the Father are one, I want you to be one. Isn't that interesting? Right before his death, he says, unity and oneness, and that's what we don't have today in our government, Oof. in our culture, even on sports sport teams are divided yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so once again uh, even at Beit Tehillah we have to have unity and so behold he says this is what John the Baptist says in reference to Yeshua behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world now he doesn't say sins he says sin and we could call that you know based upon your, your faith or understanding even your background in theology or denominational I think the Catholics call it original sin mm -hmm. so the original sin is that they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Thank you, Holy Spirit. So what this means, Ryan, is that when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to decide what is good and what is evil. You've eaten from this tree. Now you're going to decide. Well, you put yourself in the place of God. But there's a tree of life. Yeah. So just so you know, our Supreme Court has eaten from the tree of the... Of know, God. Of, our whole government. Of, of, <laughs> of the knowledge of good and evil. All of us. So how many people say, well, this and that, instead of obeying God's Torah, teachings yeah. and instructions, God shows us what sin is. We can't make it up. We can't decide. Uh, and so we have this. And so as we as we look at him being the lamb, which taketh away the sin of the world. Notice he takes our sins away. He doesn't cover them. And that's what happens in the animal sacrifices. But here's the question, Ryan. What body parts did Yeshua bleed from before dying on the cross? So he bled from his head, right? So right. the crown of thorns. The crown of thorns. He bled from his, his hands, both sides. Yeah. He bled from his feet. And then he bled from his side. And what about, and of course, his back? Oh, and his back? I think the cat of nine tails is the worst. Uh, now, nailing someone to a piece of wood? Yeah, that's pretty that's bad. That's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And we don't want to you know, really get into in-depth study here, but the bottom line is that it, it was a horrible, horrible thing. The cat of nine tails is a stick with leather strips yep. that had broken bones or glass on it. Like hooks. And it would just, and just pull back. It said they Yuck. plucked his beard. So, so I want you to understand something as we talk about the Passover here. Uh, it's so important that you understand this, that when they applied the blood to the doorposts, it said to the lentils of the doorposts, you got the sides and the top, and then it would drip and form a square. So the death angel could not get in. So the reason why I asked you about the body parts of Jesus and the, and the bleeding is that he would have been like the door. Oh, right, right. So it's left and right, top and bottom. That's right. That's a little revelation. Um, that's deep. Yeah. But it makes sense because, wow, that's really interesting. So we just got to play on that and look at that and, and understand that because that is so important. Uh, and so so moving on here, the Feast of Passover is a memorial and it's to be kept forever. And right? I see that. I counted it just on this one page three times, right? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. To feed, uh, verse 14, verse 17, and verse 24 of chapter 12. Yeah, you know, in March of 92, I got saved in the spring. And it, it just really changed my life, Ryan. It's just the way God had it and just the way he made I think it was like 7 o'clock at night. You know, I don't know the exact date. I was just so overwhelmed by God. Yeah. I, I knew no time. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I tried to kind of go back and look at the date or whatever, but I, I just don't have that. And then, of course, as far as celebrating my first Passover, my testimony is I met the Dreyer family, and I got to celebrate uh, the Feast of Passover uh, in the spring of 1995. So I was a backslidden Catholic. I got born again. I actually became uh, 
went to First Baptist Church of Pleasant Grove, was a Baptist, got baptized in water. Then, of course, I went into the Word of Faith, got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, Pastor Reggie Scarborough in Lakeland uh, Family Worship Center. And then, of course, from there, I came back to Brandon to a, 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 a gentleman who was a, a pastor from Louisiana, a Baptist pastor who got filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was called Valrico New Life. So I started attending there. It was great. And then, of course, I met the dryers, changed my whole life. Then I got my Hebrew roots within three years. So there was a quick... There was a quick work. Yeah. And so from then then on, you know, and then, of course, in, in 1999, I got married and we started the Torah portions and the Torah. So really what we're sharing with you today, for me personally, is over 20 years of experience in the Torah. It's changed my life, you know. And so as we look at this, it's, it's seven days you are to eat unleavened bread. So Passover is one day. You get born again once. You can't get more born again. That's a daily event one time. Yeah. And then you, that's a day. And then the seven days of unleavened bread is us getting the sin out. So it's like, okay, I'm born again. I'm saved now. I got to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Sure. And, and seven is completion. And so we have that. And of course, the first and seventh day of unleavened bread are holy convocations and no work shall be done. Once again, the word convocations is the Hebrew word mikra, M-I-Q-R-A. I'm always laughing, you know, and teasing people, you know. Uh, before we came to Jesus, we went to Copacabana. Yeah. At the Copa. Copacabana. Hey, the tiki, tiki hut. But anyway, what happens? We get saved, born again. God gives us the feasts, the Lord's feasts. Yeah. And we go to the Mikra. And you can just tell people during the during the spring season, you know, hey, I'm going to the Mikra. Yeah. What? You know what's cool about it, it means assembly. It means rehearsal. Right. And I've been doing this since 1995, Ryan. I've celebrated the feasts. I've never missed them. That's powerful. Yeah. And it leads us up to these four Passovers, which quickly I'll just interject. It's a whole other world. Yeah, you can probably find it on our YouTube channel. Yep. I think we have over 400 videos. We've on even our done a channel. podcast on it. If you search through the podcast uh, history on our stuff, we have a four Passovers um, so, podcast. So the first Passover is the family one in Exodus, the family. Yep. The next one's congregational in Deuteronomy 16 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first family Passover, we know we're, we're reading it right now in 12. Yep. Exodus 12. Uh, the third one is a personal Passover. I do believe it's uh, in, in Matthew. Uh, but like I said, at the Last Supper and everything. Uh, and then the last but, but not least, we have the Kingdom Passover. Yeah. The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Because we've already talked about this. Jesus loves to eat. So <laughs> I, That's good because I love to eat. Yeah. So, so the first and seventh day of unleavened bread are holy convocations and no work shall be done. Also, we are commanded to eat unleavened bread. Yeah. It's not like you're substituting unleavened, you know. That you used to eat the leaven, now you're eating unleaven. Right. You're actually commanded to eat it, tell the story. You know what's cool? I was uh, listening to Lars and Arson when he came. And, you know, have you ever thought and wondered, like, why does this Hebrew calendar have two new years? You ever thought that? Why do we have a civil a, a, and a, a biblical? Right, yeah. a biblical or a spiritual new year. Yeah, that's interesting. And a civil, right? A calendar, a governmental, or a, a, a physical new year. And it just, like, it, it, it hit me like, Passover is about our spiritual redemption, right? That we are born again in the spirit. And what does he say? He says you have to be born again in the spirit, right? And in the water, right? So water and in spirit. There's coming a day. Let me stop you right there just quickly. Yes. Have you ever thought about this? Born of water and born of the spirit, right? Yes. So think about this. and To be born again. Yes. The amniotic fluid, the sac. Right. So see, demons can't be... Born again? No, they can't. Demons, fallen, fallen angels. No, they the can't. Watchers, right? So think about born of water and of the spirit. That's right. So we wonder why the water? Because you got to be water? a Homo sapien. Because there's no salvation or redemption. Oh, our bodies are made of like what? Seventy percent water. Man, that's that's deep. Check this out. That is unbelievable. Check this out. So at Passover, we get our spiritual redemption. We get born again in the spirit through the redemption that God has provided through right. his son, Jesus Christ. Right. But there's coming a day where we will be resurrected. It says the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we who are alive and remain, right, will be caught up in the air and shall ever be with the Lord, right? So this other piece I thought was like, wait, this event we point to, because we say, right, that God has fulfilled the spring feasts, right, and that he's going to fulfill the fall feasts, and that the fall feasts start with that second, that civil new year, that physical new year, and so we're born again at Passover, right. and we're born physically again. We're resurrected, 
because everybody gets resurrected, just some to at the last trump, some to joy and some to the last trump. everlasting damnation, right? Um, that there's a a physical born again experience because we're renewed, we're in our glorified body. So right. I just thought that was an exciting little piece. That is interesting. It is. It is. There's a first, uh, like a little boom boom, you know, natural than the spiritual. The spiritual first. The spiritual because without God, the spiritual, God is a spirit. The physical doesn't right. matter. So let's continue on here. Let's take us into Exodus chapter uh, twelve. Verses, verses 29. 29 through 36. Let's get into question number 11, Ryan. You can take it from here. So what happened at midnight in the land of Egypt? The Lord night? smote all the firstborn in Egypt from man to cattle. Man, that's a rough rough night. At the midnight hour, there's a cry. Yeah. So did Pharaoh finally let Moses and the children of Israel go along with their flocks? Yes, he did. He did. He did. And he says uh, some interesting things, and I don't think it's in our, our notes here. Um, what does he say? He says, it says in, uh, in verse 30, it says, And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. And also take your flocks and your herds, as ye have said, and be gone, and bless me also. <laughs> Where's that at? Uh, this is verses uh, 30 through 32 of chapter 12. Wow. And so, so he's, he's telling them to go. He's giving them everything they've asked for. Take your, your little ones, your wives, and your flocks and your herds, and be gone, and bless me also. And so he just throws that extra little bit on there. So, look, you, there's been a lot of damage around here. Could you please pray that, like, it stops and that everything goes back to normal? Because that's really what he wants, right? He wants them gone because now he perceives that their presence is going to continue to be an issue So just them. to clarify, because I was looking this up, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I, I'm, al- I'm almost— I would never dream. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> so here's the thing that really got me. You know, remember that— uh, Pharaoh said, if I ever see your face again, you're going to die. And what did Moses say? Well, it's all right. You're not going to see my face again. Yeah. So after the darkness, this is what they were having this conversation. Right. So it goes right right into the firstborn thing. Right. It's not like he left and then he came back and faced Pharaoh again. He did not face Pharaoh again. Actually, Pharaoh sent people. It says here in verse uh, 30. That's deep. Pharaoh rose up in the night. He and his servants, the Egyptians, and the cry, right? 31. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and get you forth from among my people. So... It doesn't say they came face to face at this point, right. right? It says that maybe he sent somebody to tell him, or something, right? Some ambassadors, yeah, exactly. All so, right, so let's uh, let's let's move on here. So it says, uh, "What three things did the children of Israel borrow from the Egyptians?" In verse thirty-five, they borrowed for life, for life, <laughs> jewels of silver. <laughs> Jewels of gold and raiment or clothing. You know, I always say that someone says, "Hey, can I borrow this?" And I said, "Is it for life?" Yeah, that means like just take it, don't bring it back. That's right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. This is public records, but I guess the Egyptian council, there was a court case uh, that the Egyptian government or some attorneys or whatever representing oh, the yeah, country yeah, of yeah. Egypt They're were suing, going to yeah. sue Israel for reparations for these things, <laughs> like give it back or you owe us. That's cool, though. It is. It's like you're recognizing Israel, like, yeah, we're here. Yeah. And now you owe us. Yeah. And you're recognizing that, oh, by the way, I you, need to look that up. That, this story is real. You know, I, I looked at. I looked it up a, a while ago, but I like to refresh my memory. But could you imagine that? Hey, listen, we want our silver, gold, and clothing back. <laughs> Good luck, right? Um, all right, so why don't you read uh, chapter 12, verses 37 and 38. Okay, uh, this is really good. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children, and a mixed multitude went up also with them and flocks and herd even very much cattle. What an incredible two verses here. You know, uh, Ramses represents Egypt. Sukkot represents tabernacles. Yes. So God's bringing us out of the world. You always go down to Egypt Mm -hmm. and you go up to Jerusalem. That's right. So once again, what you have here is from Ramses to Sukkot. So the goal is to make it to Sukkot. Uh, I do believe that uh, Jacob named a city Sukkot in Israel when he was coming back to the land. And that, of course, means a hut, a temporary dwelling place. Sukkah. Sukkah. Uh, Sukkot is plural, so more than one. Uh, and notice that we have 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And I do believe that they were, was it 20 and up? Or is that? 
I think no? that's the. I think that. Well, when they give numbers, is that the census. I believe it's twenty so to fifty. Let's just do the math, Ryan. Six hundred thousand on foot were men. So you got to count their wives, their children. So I like to kind of make this uh, real to everyone. Uh, we live in Hillsborough County, and I do believe there's 22 cities. Yeah, 21 or 22, yeah. 20, 20 or more uh, cities make up Hillsborough County, and it's 1.5 million people. Right. So if you do the math, it's like everybody in Hillsborough County leaving. Yeah. That's a conservative number. It's like, we're coming, Orlando. Or could be more. Yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> I mean, 1.5 million people just yeah. leaving. That's incredible. Imagine that. Brandon, Ruskin, Riverview. Oh, all of them, yeah. That's Apollo just the Beach. corner, yeah. I mean, we're not even talking about Hernando County or Pinellas County. <laughs> and, if, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Florida is the fourth largest state as far as population. I don't know exactly. But yeah. there is some incredible uh, revival happening. Or, Third or largest state for population. Hebrew movement Over here. 20 million people. So, so just keep that in mind. And, and notice that a mixed multitude came out. Uh, that's what it says right here. Um and that actually is an incredible word. We won't get into it, but it was a variety of people. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of Abraham. When he left Haran, he had an entourage. He had people that joined him in Haran. Yeah. That came with him. So it's kind of like the house of Israel. It's not just the Jewish people. It's the wild branches coming out of the nations. It's us that are saying, hey, we want to be a part of the commonwealth of Israel. Once we were far away, Christ has brought us near. We have a right to this. We can do this. We can join you. you know. And so I think that's really cool in Ephesians 2. In Romans, Paul talks about the grafting in process. And the root is Yeshua, the olive trees, Israel, symbolic of that. So I thought it was kind of cool. I wore a green shirt yesterday, and it reminded me of olives like Israel. Yeah. And I got complimented. That, that shirt looks good on you. That, that, I like that shirt on you. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm Israel. It's green. It's like a, like an olive green, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I take the compliments. I like that. You should. So I'm going to give me another green shirt like that, but newer. So anyway, uh, I'm going to let you take it over from here, Ryan, and finish it up and all yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So how well, did, that's pretty cool. How did the Lord bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt? He brought them out by their armies. By their armies. So a cross-reference would be Ezekiel 37.10. That's right. The Valley of Dry Bones. After he puts all the meat on them and everything. An exceeding, an exceeding great army. army. Hallelujah. And then the two sticks come together. That's right. And then we have the battle of Gog and Magog. Ooh. So let's not get into the prophetic wars just yet. Not yet. we got to put two, two sticks together so we can use them to conk the enemy with my rod. <laughs> you like that? I do. I do. So what was to be sanctified unto the Lord? All the firstborn among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. Yeah, so, so it's a principle. God has proven that he has power over the firstborn. There is. By slaying the firstborn of Egypt. How could you take the firstborn? Well, they're mine. <sighs> well, I mean, we're all his, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he gives life and he takes it away. The sovereignty of God cannot be overstated. Oh my God! Every day, and, I've, I've experienced it. But we all like we want to, you know, we want to try to figure look him out. at God and be like, why did he do that? You know, where was I reading? What was it? I was reading some verses. They were talking about like you know who who can you know question God or whatever. How oh, man? Where was that? I don't remember. But they're good verses, and we all know. Is it Job? No, 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 it wasn't Job. How I, dare you question me? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. were you when I did this and I did that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, was, those are good verses too. You're right. Sleeping. I forgot about that. While you were working. Um, but you know he he wants the people. He he's laying out the principle of the firstborn that the firstborn belongs to God. You know the one that opens the womb. Um, all uh, among the children of Israel, both of the men. Uh, are both of the human beings and of the beasts, you know, the animals and the livestock, and now, that they have to be redeemed. So now, you, yeah, and, and the firstborn principle is like, you know, I'm a firstborn. It goes down the line. Yeah. And if the firstborn drops the ball, you'll see even in your own situation, those of you that are listening or watching, you might be the youngest or in the middle of the pack. Why is this being revealed to you? Because you're taking the responsibility that the firstborn didn't. Right. Not to say that he couldn't get it back or come into the fold, but what I'm saying is like my mother-in-law, Pastor Tifa, she's the firstborn. My yeah. wife's the firstborn. Right. My son Josiah is the worship leader. He's the firstborn. And it's not that we're better than anybody. So there's not a hierarchy. It's just divine order. So once the firstborn gets it and passes it on down the line, it makes the family better. It does. And so that's just really the principle right there. It's kind of like, you know, as the man looks to Christ, the, the woman looks to the man, and yeah. the children look to the parents, it's all divine order. Yes. You can ride a bike with like a flat tire for yep. your single mother. It's tough. Single mothers. Yeah. You know, you can pull it off. You can do it. But man, if you have air in your tires, it's a better ride. Yeah. But you know what? You can't steer a sitting bicycle. You ever heard that? 
No. Yeah. So just just encourage all of you, and and, and also I just want to make note that we got to finish out thirteen all the way up to I I do believe it's up to verse sixteen, but uh, these are my notes here that are not in my outline, but I had to add them. Remember the month of Abib and how God brought the children of Israel into the land of milk and honey. Remember that. Come on. He talks about the enemies. Why did God want to bring His people into the land to get the enemy out? Uh, remember the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then, of course, a token on the hand and between the eyes, God's Word. This is where you get the tefillim and the phylacteries. Uh, a token on the hand and between the eyes, the tefillim and the phylacteries. The tefillim go around your arm, the phylacteries go on your head. Right. Uh, and so, once again, these are all to remember, and also to share this with your children as a memorial. Uh, that goes on into Exodus 13, 3. To verse 16 and that's really all i have right at that point uh but what a, what an incredible portion you oh know? man what a good portion and this of course uh in my little quick testimony here you know when i was doing the torah questionnaire it was a tool to get people to read the torah portions answer the questions uh chapter and verse and then of course sign it and saying that i've read the torah portion and answered the questions uh and i created that as a tool to show people that it's not been done away with it's academia it's relevant it's teachings and instructions. It's to show us what sin is. It's, it's our guidance, you know. Uh, and so with that, I was working at a box plant for 15 years. I came to this Torah portion, Bo, come. And I'm doing my questions. And in the break room, in the canteen, the Lord says, you're leaving the box plant and going to ministry full time. You're going to serve me. Give them your 30-day notice. I'd been there 15 years, Ryan. I was in charge of all the printing that went on the boxes. Yeah. So this is a testimony because this is how I overcome. Because every one of us have a testimony and more testimonies coming. So I, I went home to my wife. And I knew it was real. He like spoke it to me like three times, made it very clear. And I didn't go to my boss yet or anything or say it. I went home to my wife and I said, honey, God told me to put my 30-day notice in. And she just looked at me. Are you sure you heard from God? Because <laughs> she didn't hear that. Right. It wasn't both of us. Right. But she looked and she said, okay, I, I get it. I understand. I said, I really feel strong about this. And so we talked about it. I did it, Ryan, and never looked back. Yeah. So, you know, that's a testimony just so some of you know that God brings you out to bring you in. And that's why we see all this chaos and confusion, Babylonian spirit, that we have no part of. We are Yushalayim. We are a city of peace. We serve a God of order. And you do not have to have this fog over you or be confused or live in chaos. Get yourself away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. Get your, your eyes are never satisfied. Just get yourself away from that stuff and get into his presence and his word. You'll know everything you need to know. You'll know what to do and everything. So I'm going to let Ryan close it out. But that's my testimony. It really means a lot to me. Uh, and once again, it's in the spring, getting close to, you know, whatever. So I think that's it's right. great. So let's say that you're on the bench for the Buccaneers. All right. And the Buccaneers go all the way this year and they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you get a, a ring to win the Super Bowl? You get a Super Bowl ring? I get a ring. You get a ring, right? Oh, I get a ring. And you become a Super Bowl champion. I'm a Super Bowl champion. Because of whatever role, large or small, that you played. I was on the team. You were on the team. I'm on the team. It matters what team you're on. Team Israel, baby. Right? Because the people that are on God's team, he will save them alive. Amen? That's right. He will prosper them. That's right. And he'll bring them to the promised land. And he's going to judge you by what you know, not what you don't know. So if all these things have been revealed to us, Ryan, we have to walk We're accountable for what we know. We Amen. have to walk these things out. And my second thing is, is this. Jesus saves. Okay? Um, there is no other name under heaven uh, by which man shall be saved. And I think that for some people listening... Uh, in the Hebrew roots, we need to remember Yeshua, right? Keep the main thing the main thing. I say that a lot. It's time to leave Egypt. There are things in people's lives that are holding them back. They are not giving God. They're not giving Yeshua the key to their life, the pen of their life to write their story. And if they're not doing that, that's what's holding them back from God's promises manifesting and being fulfilled in their lives because they're still hanging on to something instead of giving it to God. Because once you give everything to God, God it, gives you everything. Some things take time. I, I look at it like what, you know, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Oh yeah. And I think that this is, the, remember everybody in closing here for me, I want to remind all of you that 2021. Oh yeah. Is going to be a great year. Yeah, show the people over here. Yeah, it's there you go. It's going to be a great year. 2021. <laughs> you're going to make it. You're good enough and God loves you. 
That's right. You've got to have a sense of humor. Amen to that. I can really give up. That's a message that I can stand behind. I love it. Amen. All right, let's pray this out. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing us out of Egypt, for giving us a way out, God, for reaching in with a, a strong, outstretched arm and redeeming us and saving us from our own personal Egypt, God. Even though you had to destroy the world, Lord, that we were living in and the reality around us in order to get to us, God, we know that you will stop at nothing to get to your children and to redeem your people, God. And so we submit to you. We love you. We appreciate you, God. We worship you and we honor you. We praise your holy, holy name. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Awesome. Have a great week. We love you. See ya.